ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Wednesday, July 19th. Your drive begins right now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, for this Wednesday edition. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to get your text in this hour. We do that always at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Today's usually a Charleston Dirty Birds day, but Mother Nature forcing the Dirty Birds to try to get everything in today so uh, no availability from anyone from the dirty bird so we're going to try to get them back on either later this week or of course we'll circle back and talk to them next week but weather playing havoc with the dirty birds and of course weather playing havoc with a lot of teams and then yesterday just a lot of offense playing havoc with a lot of teams but we did have baseball today the pirates wrapping it up with the Cleveland Guardians, and the Pirates did defeat the Guardians 7-5. The Guardians initially took the lead, scoring a run in the fourth inning and then added three more in the fifth. However, the Pirates made a really good comeback, strong comeback, scored five runs in seventh inning to score the victory. Now, let's get Joe Block's recap of the game from the Pirates' radio network. Despite falling behind 4-0, the Pirates recover to win against the Guardians in the homestand finale, 7-5 on Wednesday. It was a five-run seventh inning for the Pirates that started with an overturned replay on what would have ended the inning, the double play not turned by the Guardians. Brian Reynolds with an RBI fielder's choice. Later in the inning, G-Man Choi, a two-run single to put the Pirates ahead for good. Jared Triolo also with two hits and two runs batted in, extending his hitting streak to 12 games. David Bednar pinning down the save, his 18th with a 1-2-3 ninth inning on seven pitches. And the Pirates win in the finale 7-5 over the Guardians. From PNC Park, this is Joe Block on your home for Pirates baseball. Pirates are off tomorrow, but don't forget, you can catch all Pirates baseball right here on ESPN, 94.1. And AM 930. Other games that are in progress or final from today. The Astros and the Rockies are in the bottom of the seventh. Astros lead that one 4 nothing. Red Sox trail the Athletics 6-4 in the bottom of the fifth. Games that went final from earlier today. The Orioles beat the Dodgers 8-5. It was the Rangers defeating the Rays 5-1. And the Cardinals beat the Marlins 6-4. Baseball action tonight. Brewers take on the Phillies 640. Yankees and Angels will be a 707 first pitch. Blue Jays take on the Padres 707 first pitch as well. It's going to be the White Sox taking on the Mets. Giants take on the Reds tonight. Diamondbacks and Braves, Nationals, Cubs, Tigers, Royals, and Twins, Mariners. All your matchups from tonight. And the Pirates will be back in action. It it won't be tomorrow. They're going to get right back at it, though, on the 21st as the Pirates will take on the Angels. So looking forward to that one. That's going to be a late one. We'll go on the air a little bit after 9 o'clock on Friday. So our text line is open, as I mentioned, 304-396-TALK, 304 
396-8255. College football, we're going to get into that because the Mountain West seeming to stay a little bit, uh, I don't want to say whole, but they're in better shape today than they were maybe yesterday. San Diego State's going to remain in the Mountain West Conference. We'll get into that also. We'll talk a little bit more about Marshall's new hire for track and field. And some good news coming out of softball today. Allie Harrell is going to remain with the program in a new capacity. So we'll get into all of that. We'll get your text in as well. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. So I'm looking to talk to you. And you can also find me on Twitter, and that's at Paul Swan. So we got a lot to get into today. And we'll do that when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we got the news today. I don't know if this was the... Worst kept secret going. We knew something was going to happen. Allie Harrell, named assistant coach with head coach Morgan Zirkel taking over the softball staff. It just made perfect sense. And so here we are. So Allie Harrell is going to be an assistant coach. Uh, In the release that went out earlier today, uh, Zirkel said in the release, Allie was a stud player at Marshall who knows the ins and outs of our program and truly understands how special Marshall is. She added, she will be a great asset to have as I am navigating coming back to the herd. Her journey at Marshall and now playing professionally is a great example for our student athletes. She's already had a huge impact on the program and now gets to continue to do so. What kind of impact are we talking about here? Graduated in 2022. She was a freshman in 2017. First student athlete to win the Senior Class Award. Won the 2022 Warrior Award. Four-time All-Conference, All-Region member. Played in 220 total games, 215 starts. She ranked third as her career ended among active players in career walks. Seventh in hit-by-pitches. Tied for 15th home runs, 19th in total bases, 20th in slugging percentage, and 27th in RBI. So, she moves up from being a volunteer assistant. She oversaw external operations, served as the first base coach. She's going to continue to oversee external operations within the program as an assistant coach. Uh, She was quoted as saying in the release, she's blessed to have the opportunity to work with Coach Zirkel. Uh, She said, I can't wait to coach this group while building on the traditions of herd softball and Marshall University. Now, we're going to try to get her on the show. The realities of being a a female athlete is sometimes you got to work more than one job. And, of course, she's pursuing professional opportunities at the same time. Yeah, she's going to be doing both Marshall and and that's I think that's the cool thing. 
is she has the opportunity to pursue other opportunities while also at the same time being able to be on the staff at Marshall University. So I think that's pretty cool. And, of course, she's got a lot of experience with this program. That's something you got to keep in mind. She brings that, I want to say, I don't want to say institutional knowledge, but here's, and I'm stealing this, Scott Hall used to be one of the SIDs at Marshall University, and he was huge as far as keeping up with all the all the ins and outs of softball, did his job extremely well. Marshall was blessed to have him. And I'm stealing this from Scott Hall. He put this out there on Twitter today. So I, I will attribute this, but I'm stealing it. Allie Harrell was recruited by Shonda Stanton. She played one year for Coach Steele. Remember Coach Steele? She played four years and coached one year with Megan Smith-Lyon, and now she's going to work with, uh, with Coach Zirkel. So get this straight. Recruited by Shonda Stanton. One year under Steele. Four years and coached one year with Megan Smith-Lyon. And now she is going to be working with Morgan Zirkel. Four coaches. She's had the opportunity to interact, to work with, be recruited by four coaches. Four or five. Anyone else have that? Can anyone else say that? That they have been basically able to 80% of the coaches. Allie Harrell has some interaction, something to do with 80% of the coaches all time at Marshall University. So again, I'm stealing that from Scott Hall, used to be the SID for Marshall softball and of course with the Thundering Herd. He's basically the go-to guy when it comes to Marshall softball. That's a big that's a big number right there. That's huge. And you know, she could go still. That's the thing. That's what I love about this. If you're not you're not hitting up the spec, if you're out there and like coach, I'm not, you know, you're not doing it, just coach will go out and just knock them out for you and say, okay, you see what I did? Here's how it here's how it looks. She can still go. Absolutely great to have her back because again you know she's one of those players that you're, you're going to be talking about her for a long time to come it doesn't matter the sport you're going to be talking about certain players for a long time to come and Allie Harrell's one of those players am I wrong and every sport there there's some player you can identify some player in every sport that and there are a lot of players that have done great things for Marshall but there are going to be players that it will be able to transcend even we're going to be talking about Ali Harrell for a long time. Like football, we talk about Randy Moss, Chad Pennington, Byron Leftwich, just to name a few, for a long time to come. And she's been here for, I guess, um, she's been here in, in some form or fashion through all these transitions. So she's going to be able to relate to the players. She's going to be able to, you know, translate a lot of this. I mean, she's going to be a great asset for Morgan Zirkel. She played she's been under several of these coaches so she knows how it goes we're going to on the show sometime here in the near future 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 where would you rank her I don't want to put her on the spot when we do get her on here but where would you rank her among the all-time greats at Marshall softball where's she at on your list where would you put her just what she's been able to do on the field, off the field, her impact, what would you say? Top five, 
Top 10 maybe? Top 5? Where would you put her? That's interesting. I'm going to ask her where she thinks she puts herself. I'm going to see if I can, if I can get that out of her. But uh, we try to get her on today. We're going to try to get her on tomorrow if possible. Text lines again open 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Texture says definitely top five. She is a top five all-timer. Where would you put her? One, two, three, four, five. Would you go Would you go as far as to put a, a, a definitive number on her? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. More coming up, including your text. We'll get into what seems to be a good day for the Mountain West Conference. Also, we'll talk a little bit more track and field. We'll do that when we continue. And your text coming up on this edition of The Drive ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 304-396-TALK is our text line. 304-396-8255. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1. And AM 930. Plenty of time to get your text in. Yesterday, we focused a lot on Marshall track and field and cross country. We'll do a little bit more of that right now before we get into some of your text. Yesterday, Marshall University officially presented to the fans and media new first-time position, the First ever track and field and cross country director, Keith Roberts. And we had a chance to catch up with him after the presser yesterday. And uh, there were a few questions that were asked of him that you didn't maybe hear on yesterday's interview that I wanted to play for you today. And first up, always when a new coach comes in, right? Or a new now director, you always wonder okay, will staff be retained? Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? And Roberts was asked about what the process is going to be to turn this into a contender. What's it going to take to grow support? You know, what's it going to take to uh, to really make this a program that's a contender? But the first thing that a lot of people wanted to ask him yesterday was why he retained cross country coach Caleb Bowen and assistant track and field coach Andrea Neem. And here's what he had to say. Just the work that they've done, um, especially in the absence of uh, the coaches, you know, uh, recruiting, keeping the program together, uh, making sure they're doing the ordering for gear coming up, making sure the athletes are taken care of and getting the communication they need. And those are the kind of people you need. And honestly, them being from the area, the region, uh, being Marshall alone, it just really helps with with uh, recruiting in the future and knowing that people care about the program. Now, I'll keep it there for a second because we talked about him knowing the region a little bit yesterday on the interview, and he was asked straight up, hey, what would you know about Marshall before you took the job, and and what do you know about the region? I knew quite a bit. I mean, I used to watch uh, Marshall on TV when I was younger. Um, You know, my wife is from 45 minutes away from here, and uh, I'm kind of a – I love geography, 
So I've, I've looked at the area, the Ohio River, towns on the Ohio River. Um, I can tell you not everything about towns along the river, but I know a few things about it. So I knew quite a bit. So Knew a little bit watching the herd on the TV, right? I think a lot of people can say that. Hey, when did you first discover Marshall University? Oh, well, you know, when Randy Moss was here. Yeah, you hear that a lot sometimes. So what's the process going to be like? Want to turn the men's program into contender? Yeah, it just got restarted. So that was huge for track and field, cross country, to have everything on the table now. But what's it going to take? What's that process look like, turning the men's program into a contender? First of all, not forgetting about the, the young men that we have now and making sure we're developing them and making sure that they're excited with what we're doing because when you bring in recruits, those are the people that they talk to. So we'll recruit hard. We'll make sure we, we recruit all the surrounding states, and then we'll bring them on the campus. And when they get uh, their host, their host is going to be somebody that speaks highly of our program, and they're going to tell them what we're all about, and then we'll assign them and, and we'll get rolling. Culture is always a big part of when a coach comes in, wants to make sure to put the right culture in. What will this team look like under your leadership? Uh, just excitement. Um, you know, they'll, they'll support each other. No matter what events on the track, people are going to be uh, supporting that event. It's not going to be segmented. It's not going to be, you know, we're over here with the distance runners and the sprinters are over here. We're going to be one cohesive unit, and that's going to make the team a lot better. And finally... What's it going to take to grow support for this program? That's a huge question always. Hey, what do you need to do to get people interested? And usually if it's football, hey, what do you need to do to get people to come to football games? Well, several questions can be answered in this way. You know, you get a win, right? Win, winning is always important. Schedule, got to get some better teams in here, teams we want to see. You can talk about schedule as far as times you can talk about a lot of things here but it's a little different for track and field and cross country right so what's it going to take to get people to show up get excited about some of these events and it might be just a fact that you you might want to turn it into something an event that people really want to come and be a part of yeah i definitely don't want to write a check that i can't uh what they say cash or whatever they say or um but I feel like sometimes in track we forget to play the music, you know, maybe even have some kind of events on the track where people can be involved and feel part of the meet. Um, that's, something, uh, that's something that's hard to do, but really if you put out good athletes and they're excited about what they're doing, you monitor the size of the meets so that there's not a, a thousand heats of everything and each heat me- means something. Those kind of things make people want to watch the sport and just marketing it as well, you know, get it on social media so that people know what's going on and they're able to come out and watch. I might add television, radio, radio, marketed radio. I'm going to add that. Not everything's got to be social media. Not everything. I'm just going to point that out. But make sure people know what's going on, especially radio, coach, especially radio. He learned yesterday. He got, he got the message. Come on radio, talk to Paul. We'll get the word out for you. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Five. That's our number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. Now, something we talked about yesterday, and I saw a little chatter about it. Outdoor track definitely is a spot where growth needs to happen for Marshall facilities, and of course, are, are always important. You got to have a place to go run. You got the indoor facility, cross country is a little bit of a different beast, but you got to have a place. There's a reason why it's indoor track and outdoor track. There's a reason you got to have a place for all of that. And 
Revisiting yesterday when I asked Marshall's athletic director, Christian Spears, hey, how, how are you going to improve the, the outdoor situation? I wanted to revisit that because I don't know if you caught this part about how there's going to be a outdoor training facility with soccer. You know, we, we have a vision for everything because everything matters and everyone matters. And eventually we're going to be in an outdoor track and field and soccer training complex. We are. What, how long that takes, when that'll happen. You know, that's the good people of this community that care about Marshall. I'm going to need their help to do it. It's going to have to be a fundraised project. Keith and I talked about it at length during the process. We're going to do that together. So we're going to need to show results. Our track and field program, it needs to rise. And when that happens, those things usually coalesce and they come together. And there'll be someone inspired by what we're trying to do with our track and field program. And then we'll have an outdoor track and field complex that's going to be a, a soccer training facility as well. And Coach Grassy's all in and wants to be a part of that process with us. Uh, so, you know, I never, I never try to throw out a time frame, but it is a short play for me. It is not a long play. So how short of a play is that really going to be? And did you catch that part? Outdoor complex, training complex, soccer included. Sort of like a practice field, sort of like a practice complex. And, of course, here's the other thing. Is that going to mean also we're going to see grass eventually? Grass for soccer? Are we going to see that? Instead of the artificial turf, we're going to see grass? I'm going to ask that eventually. i got, I got to ask that question sometime. When are we going to see the turf pulled up and, and grass? And, and where will this complex be? And will this be part of, I don't want to say near the baseball complex. Oh, by the way. We'll talk about this when we continue. Uh, I saw some photos of baseball today. It's looking pretty good. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we will get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. Thanks for tuning in today. I, mean, I had a pretty good show planned in my head today. We were going to try to talk to Allie Harrell. She profusely, she apologized. Like, no problem, no problem. We're, we're going to redo that. We'll reschedule you. It's cool. So hopefully we get her tomorrow and... We're going to talk to the folks of the Charleston Dirty Birds, and, of course, the weather has plagued them for a few days now. So you know, I was joking with them in the earlier part of the day, like, hey, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the weather, and they're like, mm, yeah, the weather's kicking our tail. So that's only the bad thing about baseball is sometimes the elements really take over. Football will play in anything, right? I mean, that's the thing. And football, you play in anything. Snow, ah, yeah, no. Can we see the lines? Yes, okay, let's go. There's rain. Yes, okay. Lightning, okay. Yeah, we're not doing that. We see the, yeah, thunder and lightning, no, we'll come inside. But if there's no thunder and lightning, we're good. We're going to go. Obviously, different sports. Weather is a factor. Racing, you know, the weather always has uh, an impact there. Soccer will play in, in rain. It's... It's kind of part of the uh, the charm of it sometimes uh, to see if man can overcome the elements. Softball, not doing it. Baseball, not doing it. There's rain. No, we're not doing it at all. That's why I like football. We're going to play. Unless something is that bad, we're going to play. 
and that's why I like the arena sports. Basketball, unless the lights are out, we're playing. Hockey, unless the ice has melted the water, we're playing. Baseball, on the other hand, you just never know. I think that's part of the charm of it, though. And that's one of the things that is frustrating, but still part of the charm of it is you show up for a game and, sorry, call do the rain. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. A couple things I want to get into. Uh, I want to stay with college football because we're getting closer to the start of the season. And some good news if you're the Mountain West. San Diego State's going to remain in the Mountain West Conference and also going to receive the $6.6 million that was initially withheld when – the program, the athletic department expressed the intent to leave. So they're getting their cash. Now, the conference's first-year commissioner, Gloria Nerveras, said that San Diego State's going to be responsible for paying the conference's legal fees related to the matter. So the lawyers get paid. Now, this doesn't mean San Diego State's in for the long haul. It's been acknowledged that San Diego State could leave in the future if the Pac-12 or the Big 12 extended invitations. Do you honestly believe that we're at the point where the Pac-12 or the Big 12 are going to try to start pulling some more teams away? I mean, are we ever going to be at a point where it's going to stabilize for a while? And how much television money are we actually going to see in the future? I still keep asking that question. How much TV money are we going to see in the future? When does that dry up? When does that stop? And was the desire to go to streaming, was that helpful or hurtful in the end? NFL Sunday Ticket, it's on a streaming package now. MLS, you got to have Apple TV to get that package, right? Baseball's no stranger to the uh, the streaming package. And honestly, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to lie to you. At one point I thought, "Hey, I've got ESPN Plus. It's pretty cool to have hockey on ESPN Plus and it still is." But I was getting more use out of the Center Ice package on DirecTV at one point because it was just still better quality. I mean, I know it's still paywalled compared to some, but it's the television money Is it going to continue to rise? Can conferences continue to thrive based on the TV deals? At what point will the TV money maybe not be there? At what point will ESPN go to a over-the-top service, standalone service? I don't need satellite or cable anymore or even streaming packages like YouTube TV to get ESPN. At that point, what happens? Will the money be there? Will that really fuel the signups if you can just say, hey, I'm going to drop cable, I'm going to drop satellite, and I'm going to get this standalone ESPN product? Because I kind of like having, maybe I'm old school, I don't know, but I kind of like having one thing for everything. I still like the one thing for all of my viewing instead of, okay, I'm going to go to this app now. Now, don't get me wrong. It's pretty cool to be able to watch a few things, but I actually watched television last night. I didn't go to streaming or anything last night. I actually sat down and watched, as it was being broadcast, Justified on FX, because this is the first time that they have done new season since the show went off the air like eight years ago, and I'm a big fan of that series. So 
I think there's still a place for the linear television experience, but at one point will this television money really dry up? And we're still waiting for the Pac-12 to finalize its media rights deal. Pac-12 wants to see what kind of money is out there for it before it starts expanding again or trying to bring new teams in. And if you're San Diego State, do you think going to a – a lesser Pac-12 is going to be a greater play. This isn't the Pac-12 of a few years ago, right? It's not the Big 12 of a few years ago. The basketball is still going to be really good, but it's not the football powerhouse. I mean, maybe it will be, but it's not the football powerhouse that it was or we thought it was. Absolutely. Honestly, I think the American's going to be okay. In the grand scheme of things, I think the American's going to be okay. Not not heads and shoulders above everyone else as far as the group of five, but I think it's going to be fine. I think the Sun Belt's going to be fine. Uh, and here's the thing. The Sun Belt's got to make sure that it puts itself in a position, especially when it comes to football, put itself in the position to be right there. You want to be within tolerance ranking-wise of the American. You want to, you want to be better than Conference USA 3.0. You want to be better than that. You're definitely going to be better than Conference USA. The Mountain West is still going to be all right. But if you're the Sun Belt, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that your programs are rising and it's going to be a strong, stable league for years to come. And I'm not going to say that the Sun Belt is going to put itself in a position where it's top five, top four anytime soon. But you want to put yourself in a position where if you're not one of the top three conferences, because let's be honest, it's Big Ten, SEC. Is it Big 12, ACC, ACC, Big 12? What's the pecking order here? Pac-12, I'm sure, is at the very bottom of that hierarchy. And then I guess you have to put the independents in. Do you put the independents in before the American? When I say independent, I'm talking about mainly Notre Dame. But do you – do you look at it that way, or is that just an off-to-the-side thing? But if you're if you're the Sun Belt, if you could get closer to the Pac-12, if you can be, look, I'm not going to say Power Six here. I'm not going with that nonsense. But if you could, if you can get to the point where you're you're closer, and I think there's the opportunities here. And again, the Mountain West felt like it needed to make sure that San Diego State is good right now. Because the only thing that San Diego State is on the hook for is legal fees. Basically, look, we're going to call this cool. All is forgiven. We're all friends again. Pay legal fees. We're good. Okay. Because San Diego State was thinking something was coming. And thankfully for the Mountain West being so gracious, San Diego State's got a place. San Diego State's not going to be on the hook for stupid money. San Diego State's going to actually receive the $6.6 million that was withheld. San Diego State, for the most part, isn't going to feel the, the brunt of really some stupid moves out there. Because you don't, make the, you don't make the overture to leave unless you have a place to go. You think Marshall and Old Dominion and Southern Miss left Conference USA because it was hoping or... It knew. Leadership knew. Okay, we're getting out of Conference USA because we have a landing spot. 
and the Sun Belt. I think that is the difference here. San Diego State did not play this well. And the fact is that San Diego State is really strong in basketball and football in the Mountain West, so it benefited the Mountain West. I don't know if it benefits San Diego State from a financial standpoint, short-term, long-term, looking for that big payday in one of the higher echelon conferences, but San Diego State makes the Mountain West better. Does the Mountain West make San Diego State better? All I know is San Diego State's got a place to stay, and the Mountain West isn't losing actually one of the better basketball programs and one of the better football programs. And with that said, we're out of time. Thanks for tuning in. Interesting day today. We'll get back into it tomorrow. I'm hoping, no promises, I'm hoping that we've got at least Allie Harrell on with us tomorrow. So cross your fingers. We can get her on the show. I'm looking forward to that. And we're getting closer to the weekend, so we'll get you set for a lot of things that are going to be happening this weekend. We'll talk about all of that tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Pittsburgh Pirates Baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.